Part One, Chapter Ten of Eight Hundred Leagues on the Amazon. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Eight Hundred Leagues on the Amazon by Jules Verne. Part One The Giant Raft. Chapter Ten from Iquitos to Pevas. On the 6th of June, the very next day, Juan Garral and his people bade good-bye to the superintendent and the Indians and Negroes who were to stay behind at the Facenda. At six o'clock in the morning, the Jangara received all its passengers, or rather inhabitants, and each of them took possession of his cabin, or perhaps we had better say, his house. The moment of departure had come. Araujo, the pilot, got into his place at the bow, and the crew, armed with their long poles, went to their proper quarters. Juan Garral, assisted by Benito and Manuel, superintended the unmooring. At the command of the pilot, the ropes were eased off and the poles applied to the bank so as to give the jangada a start the current was not long in seizing it and coasting the left bank the islands of iquitos and parianta were passed on the right the voyage had commenced where would it finish in para at Belém, eight hundred leagues from this little Peruvian village, if nothing happened to modify the route? How would it finish? That was the secret of the future. The weather was magnificent. A pleasant pampero tempered the ardor of the sun, one of those winds which in June or July come from off the cordilleras many hundred leagues away, after having swept across the huge plain of the Sacramento. Had the raft been provided with masts and sails, she would have felt the effects of the breeze, and her speed would have been greater, but, owing to the sinuosities of the river and its abrupt changes which they were bound to follow, they had had to renounce such assistance. In a flat district like that through which the Amazon flows, which is almost a boundless plain, the gradient of the river-bed is scarcely perceptible. It has been calculated that between Tabatinga on the Brazilian frontier and the source of this huge body of water, the difference of level does not exceed a decimeter in each league. There is no other river in the world whose inclination is so slight. It follows from this that the average speed of the current cannot be estimated at more than two leagues in twenty-four hours, and sometimes, while the droughts are on, it is even less. However, during the period of the floods, it has been known to increase to between thirty and forty kilometers. Happily, it was under these latter conditions that the jangada was to proceed. But, cumbrous in its movements, it could not keep up to the speed of the current which ran past it. There are also to be taken into account the stoppages occasioned by the bends in the river, 
the numerous islands which had to be rounded, the shawls which had to be avoided, and the hours of halting which were necessarily lost when the night was too dark to advance securely, so that we cannot allow more than twenty-five kilometers for each twenty-four hours. In addition, the surface of the water is far from being completely clear. Trees still green, vegetable remains, islets of plants constantly torn from the banks, formed quite a flotilla of fragments carried on by the currents, and were so many obstacles to speedy navigation. The mouth of the Nanai was soon passed, and lost to sight behind a point on the left bank, which, with its carpet of russet grasses tinted by the sun, formed a ruddy relief to the green forests on the horizon. The Jangada took the center of the stream between the numerous picturesque islands, of which there are a dozen between Iquitos and Pucalpa. Araujo, who did not forget to clear his vision and his memory by an occasional application to his demijohn, maneuvered very ably when passing through this archipelago. At his word of command, fifty poles from each side of the raft were raised in the air and struck the water with an automatic movement very curious to behold. While this was going on, Yaquita, aided by Lina and Sibele, was getting everything in order, and the Indian cooks were preparing the breakfast. As for the two young fellows and Mina, they were walking up and down in company with Padre Pasaña, and from time to time the lady stopped and watered the plants which were placed about the base of the dwelling house. "'Well, Padre,' said Benito, "'do you know a more agreeable way of traveling?' no my dear boy replied the padre it is truly travelling with all one's belongings and without any fatigue added manuel we might do hundreds of thousands of miles in this way and said mina you do not repent having taken passage with us does it not seem to you as if we were afloat on an island drifted quietly away from the bed of the river with its prairies and its trees, only? Only, repeated the padre, only we have made the island with our own hands. It belongs to us, and I prefer it to all the islands of the Amazon. I have a right to be proud of it. Yes, my daughter, and I absolve you from your pride. Besides, I am not allowed to scold you in the presence of Manuel. But, on the other hand, replied she gaily, you should teach Manuel to scold me when I deserve it. He is a great deal too indulgent to my little self. Well, then, dear Mina, said Manuel, I shall profit by that permission to remind you. Of what? that you were very busy in the library at the Facenda, and that you promised to make me very learned about everything connected with the upper Amazon. We know very little about it in Para, and here we have been passing several islands, and you have not even told me their names. What is the good of that? said she. Yes, what is the good of it? repeated Benito. What can be the use of remembering the hundreds of names in the Tupi dialect with which these islands are dressed out? It is enough to know them. 
The Americans are much more practical with their Mississippi islands. They number them. As they number the avenues and streets of their towns, replied Manuel. Frankly, I don't care much for that numerical system. It conveys nothing to the imagination. Sixty-fourth island or sixty-fifth island, any more than Sixth Street or Third Avenue. Don't you agree with me, Minya? Yes, Manuel, though I am somewhat the same way of thinking as my brother. But even if we do not know their names, the islands of our great river are truly splendid. See how they rest under the shadows of those gigantic palm trees with their drooping leaves, and the girdle of reeds which encircles them through which a pierogi can with difficulty make its way and the mangrove trees, whose fantastic roots buttress them to the bank like the claws of some gigantic crab. Yes, the islands are beautiful, but, beautiful as they are, they cannot equal the one we have made our own. My little Mina is enthusiastic today, said the padre. Ah, padre, I am so happy to see everybody happy around me. At this moment the voice of Yaquita was heard calling Mina into the house. The young girl smilingly ran off. You will have an amiable companion, said the padre. All the joy of the house goes away with you, my friend. Brave little sister, said Benito. We shall miss her greatly, and the padre is right. However, if you do not marry her, Manuel, there is still time. She will stay with us. She will stay with you, Benito, replied Manuel. Believe me, I have a presentiment that we shall all be reunited. The first day passed capitally. Breakfast, dinner, siesta, walks, all took place as if Juan Garral and his people were still in the comfortable facenda of Iquitos. During these twenty-four hours, the mouths of the rivers Bacali, Chocho, Pucalpa, on the left of the stream, and those of the rivers Itinicari, Maniti, Moyoc, Tucuya, and the islands of this name on the right, were passed without accident. The night lighted by the moon allowed them to save a halt, and the giant raft glided peacefully on along the surface of the Amazon. On the morrow, the 7th of June, the Jangada breasted the banks of the village of Pucalpa, named also New Oran. Old Oran, situated fifteen leagues downstream on the same left bank of the river, is almost abandoned for the new settlement, whose population consists of Indians belonging to the Mayoruna and Orejone tribes. Nothing can be more picturesque than this village with its ruddy-colored banks, its unfinished church, its cottages whose chimneys are hidden amid the palms, and its two or three ubas half-stranded on the shore. During the whole of the ninth of June, the Jangada continued to follow the left bank of the river, passing several unknown tributaries of no importance. For a moment there was a chance of her grounding on the easterly shore of the island of Sinecure, but the pilot, well served by the crew, warded off the danger and remained in the flow of the stream. In the evening they arrived alongside a narrow island called Napo Island, 
from the name of the river which here comes in from the north-northwest and mingles its waters with those of the amazon through a mouth about eight hundred yards across after having watered the territories of the coto and orejone indians it was on the morning of the seventh of june that the jangada was abreast the little island of mango which causes the napo to split into two streams before falling into the amazon several years later a french traveller paul marcoy went out to examine the color of the waters of this tributary which has been graphically compared to the cloudy greenish opal of absinthe at the same time he corrected some of the measurements of la condamine but then the mouth of the napo was sensibly increased by the floods and it was a good deal of rapidity that its current coming from the eastern slopes of cotopashi hurried fiercely to mingle itself with the tawny waters of the amazon a few indians had wandered to the mouth of this river they were robust in build of tall stature with shaggy hair and had their noses pierced with a rod of palm and the lobes of their ears lengthened to their shoulders by the weight of heavy rings of precious wood some women were with them none of them showed any intention of coming on board it is asserted that these natives are cannibals but if that is true and it is said of many of the riverine tribes there must have been more evidence for the cannibalism than we get to-day some hours later the village of bella vista situated on a somewhat lower bank appeared with its cluster of magnificent trees towering above a few huts roofed with straw over which there drooped the large leaves of some medium-sized banana trees like the waters overflowing from a tazza. then the pilots so as to follow a better current which turned off from the bank directed the raft toward the right side of the river which he had not yet approached the manoeuvre was not accomplished without certain difficulties which were successfully overcome after a good many resorts to the demijohn this allowed them to notice in passing some of those numerous lagoons with black waters which are distributed along the course of the amazon and which often have no communication with the river one of these bearing the name of the lagoon of oran is of fair size and receives the water by a large strait in the middle of the stream are scattered several islands and two or three islets curiously grouped and on the opposite bank benito recognized the site of the ancient oran of which they could only see a few uncertain traces during two days the jangada travelled sometimes under the left bank sometimes under the right according to the condition of the current without giving the least sign of grounding the passengers had already become used to this new life Jean Garral, leaving to his son everything that referred to the commercial side of the expedition, kept himself principally to his room, thinking and writing. What he was writing about he told to nobody, not even Yaquita, and it seemed to have already assumed the importance of a veritable essay. Benito, all observation, chatted with the pilot and acted as manager. 
Yaquita, her daughter, and Manuel nearly always formed a group apart, discussing their future projects just as they had walked and done in the park of the Facenda. The life was, in fact, the same, not quite perhaps to Benito, who had not yet found occasion to participate in the pleasures of the chase. If, however, the forests of Iquitos failed him with their wild beasts, agoutis, peccaries, and cabillas, the birds flew in flocks from the banks of the river and fearlessly perched on the jacanda. When they were of such quality as to figure fairly on the table, Benito shot them, and in the interest of all his sister raised no objection. But if he came across any gray or yellow herons, or red or white ibises which haunt the sides, he spared them through love for Mina. One single species of grebe, which is uneatable, found no grace in the eyes of the young merchant. This was the Cayarara, as quick to dive as to swim or fly, a bird with a disagreeable cry, but whose down bears a high price in the different markets of the Amazonian basin. At length, after having passed the village of Omaguas and the mouth of the Ambiacu, the Jangada arrived at Payas on the evening of the 11th of June and was moored to the bank. As it was to remain here for some hours before nightfall, Benito disembarked, taking with him the ever-ready Fragoso, and the two sportsmen started off to beat the thickest of the environs of the little place an agouti and a cabiai, not to mention a dozen partridges, enriched the larder after this fortunate excursion. At Pevas, where there is a population of two hundred and sixty inhabitants, Benito would perhaps have done some trade with the lay brothers of the mission, who are at the same time wholesale merchants, but these had just sent away some bales of sarsaparilla and arrobas of caoutchouc towards the lower Amazon, and their stores were empty. The jangada departed at daybreak and passed the little archipelago of the Latio and Cochiquinas islands after having left the village of the latter name on the night. Several mouths of smaller unnamed affluents showed themselves on the right of the river through the spaces between the islands. Many natives, with shaved heads, tattooed cheeks and foreheads, carrying plates of metal in the lobes of their ears, noses and lower lips, appeared for an instant on the shore. They were armed with arrows and blow-tubes, but made no use of them and did not even attempt to communicate with the jangada. End of chapter 10 From Iquitos to Pevas